Hey, community creators. Before we jump into this episode, I wanted to share another podcast that I've been loving. It's called Commerce Chefs, and it's a quirky, thought-provoking show all about how to create a magical e-commerce brand. The hosts, Kyle and Tom, chat with some of the world's most brilliant and intriguing direct-to-consumer brand leaders, the Commerce Chefs, to uncover the secret ingredients that make their brands enduring classics. Whether you're a seasoned e-commerce leader or an up-and-coming maverick, you'll find something awesome and unexpected in each episode. You can tune into Commerce Chefs on your favorite listening platform, and I'll link it in the show notes as well. And we want to be the place for them to be like, no, there are people like you, and this is where they live. Come hang out with us. You're listening to Create Community. I'm your host, Marsha Drucker. On this podcast, we're exploring the human side of community. I'm chatting with some amazing community builders to define what community truly means. Have you ever felt like your life is missing deep, meaningful, long-lasting connections, even though you get along just fine with everyone you meet? Well, that's how today's guests Nilu and Nina felt before they met, became co-founders and best friends, and set out to build a dating app. They thought that there was a better way to date and a better way to find meaningful relationships. So they built an AI matchmaker that works over text message, but they realized along the way that they were solving the wrong problem. Today, their startup has evolved into Good People, a community that brings people together in three-month-long cohorts and creates shared experiences. In this episode, Nilu and Nina share the many twists and turns of their startup and why community was the answer all along. We also chat about how to lead with vulnerability and how to make and foster meaningful connections. So let's jump right into it. Nilu, Nina, welcome to Create Community. I'm so excited to chat with you today. Oh, thanks so much, Marsha. Thanks for having us. Yes, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so excited to dive into it. And because this is an episode with co-founders, we're going to switch it up a little bit. And instead of diving into your early, early journeys, I want to get to the root of your story of how the two of you met. I always think it's so interesting how co-founders meet and, you know, find a way to work together. So tell me a little bit about your origin story. How did you meet and how did you start working together? I'll kick it off with my side of the story and let Nilu take over for <laughs> the the interesting part. So I had just closed down my last company in late December 2018. And so I was debating like, do I get a job now? Do I start to make money? Do I want to start another company maybe? And the only kind of company I was really interested in was starting a dating app. And so I was like, okay, well, you know, I'll just put it out there. I've literally never met anybody else who's interested in this kind of thing. But I'll feel like if I don't at least say it once out loud with other people around, then I'll always wonder like, man, should I have, you know, was that the thing that I should have done? And so I was still sending out job applications, getting literally multiple rejections per per job application, (laughs) (laughs) where I would like submit once and then over the course of like two weeks, get maybe two or three rejections for that same job. And I was like, all right, I'm just going to mention at this one startup event that I'm interested in the dating app space. And so I met somebody who was like, cool, I know someone who's working on this. And that was how I began to get introduced to Nilu. (laughs) Yeah. So um, on my side, I was, I think I started working on this idea, which was like an AI matchmaker that uses kind of how you speak and like the words they use when you talk and uses AI to kind of understand your personality and match you with some people who are compatible with you in terms of like who you are as a person. Um, And so I started working on this idea about like, six months earlier before that point and I was working with this girl that I actually worked at Clearbank with and so I was just kind of like doing this project she reached out to me and she was like are you still doing that like I want to jump in let's do it together and I was like working full-time so it was just like a side project and we kind of started doing that together and around the time that me and Nina met this was getting like we've already been working together for six months and it was just getting to the point where I wanted to make the project so much more serious and like actually commit to it full-time and this girl was more like no I still wanted to be kind of a side project and we were just kind of in the throes of that weird dynamic where you're kind of friends you've started this business together but now you like are diverging there's like issues of like equity there's like issues of differing visions and all these things that you didn't really talk about ever because you're not like (laughs) you think we're just friends and we'll just figure it out and no problem and so that was kind of 
what was happening. And like, I told Ben, who was like one of the co-founders of ClearBank and like a really good mentor of mine, I told him like, yeah, this is a company that I'm building and just didn't really say much else. And around the time where every like shit was hitting the fan and me and this girl were kind of like, not hashing it up, but just kind of like deciding that we don't want to work together and all that kind of stuff. And literally for me thinking like, yeah, I'm not even going to continue with this project because if I don't have a co-founder, what's the point? Whatever. And literally that's the point where Ben just started like reaching out to me and just like hounding me like crazy and just being like, hey, there's a woman. She's interested in your company. She wants to meet you. And like the way he described it just sounded like it's like the older woman who wants to invest in your business. And I was just like, no, man, there's no business. There's no website. And I just kept like trying to dodge him and like not answer his questions. And he was just like continuing to message me and then he's like, Yeah, I mean, I I think the only thing I had about the business at that point was just like a Facebook page that was just like the name of it without any kind of other information. And he's like, yeah, she likes it. She's interested, but the Facebook page isn't enough. Can you do more? And I was just like, oh man, like, I don't even want to do this business. I don't want to tell you that I'm quitting. I don't like, I don't want to deal with any of this stuff. But then anyways, he just would not let go. And he just kept pushing and pushing until he got Nina and I to meet. But it was, it was really kind of serendipitous once we did. It was like very much that kind of like eyes locking across the room and being like, oh my God, like you're pretty much my other half. Like, <laughs> like when we were trying to meet up for the first time uh i remember nila was like hey do you want to meet maybe next like tuesday or wednesday and i was like oh yeah cool i definitely can um tuesday evening i'm going to this event i don't know if you know about it but anyway you should come join and maybe we can like do that together and then hang out after or otherwise i can do wednesday and it was like this super super niche event like i don't know 10 people invited it was for this like vc community hosted by a person who was sort of like a toronto rep for it but it was very obscure and very tiny and then he was like oh my god i was actually supposed to go to that event as well (laughs) (laughs) what a small world that's crazy that was that was kismet and i feel like yeah we just actually met at that event for the first time and we have like a little we have like a little photo of us just kind of like with with all the 10 people from that event like taking a picture and we're just kind of like (laughs) awkwardly smiling that's so cute actually i have to give a shout out this actually just reminded me of how um how i met maya from shopify we met at like a small community builders event and we just like it was the same thing like people were asking us by the end of the night like how long have you guys been friends and we're like we just met today at this event so i'll have to give her a shout out so you guys have a lot of stuff in common even from like your past careers to being immigrants how did you guys like discover that and do you think it it helps you to work together so i want to say most of it came up completely piece by piece by chance and i remember like i went to york university and so did nilu and I think a couple of months in or something, it was like, oh, God, I really didn't like my program. I didn't like the university. And we were like, oh, same. Where did you go? Both like, yeah, York. I went to York. Yeah, that was the one. (laughs) And then we figured out like, yeah, I was in the business program while Neelu was doing the screenwriting program. And those were the two sort of like, I guess, more divided parts of York where the programs were more separate and like really focused on that craft. And then it's funny because right after we graduated, like I went into film immediately after and Nilu ended up going into tech. And then you're you're both um, kids of immigrants, right? How does that sort of influence like how you relate to each other and how you sort of see your sense of community as well? I think it's been one of those things that I never really thought, I don't know, mattered so much or was that much of a defining thing or even like hearing, for example, from Nina, like, yeah, I also moved from Bulgaria with my family when I was young. And like, I moved from Iran with my family when I was young. And it just was like, there's so many people around you who are kind of immigrants or like children of immigrants that you don't. I, I, you don't realize like how much of an impact it has on you or like, at least for me, I didn't register it a lot. And I think it's just been very recently over the past year as like both Nina and I are kind of, we're getting old, you know, <laughs> like, but like, as we're kind of like getting into our thirties and like kind of moving out of that phase of, yeah, I'm in my twenties. It's all about discovering things. It's about building myself up and building my career and all of those things are coming together. And I think as we kind of move towards our thirties, it's much more about like, okay, who's our community? Who's our group of friends? Where do we want to build our lives? Where do we want to build our families? And I think that sense of like family and tradition and like kind of seeing like what our relationships with our families are, what it kind of meant for our parents. And I think that's the crazy thing is like now we're just at an age where 
when our parents like emigrated to Canada, they were kind of around how old we are now. And to kind of think of our parents at that time as our concerns and just to kind of think like, yeah, what was the sacrifice of leaving the country that you're from, leaving all your friends, leaving your family and coming to a country and like starting again from scratch, learning the culture from scratch. And then even now it's like, yes, our parents are adjusted to living, they're stable, but you still don't have any sense of community around you really. You don't really have the same kind of experience. You're just kind of isolated in this different place. And and I think for both of us, it was just this thing that we seeing each other's experiences and like how we relate to our parents and how our parents are adjusting being in this country. It really made the problem feel so much more real of like, yeah, how important it is to kind of have community around you. And what do you kind of lose when you don't have that? And I think both of us have a really strong sense of that. Yeah, that's so true. I can I can relate to that as well. Like I migrated with my parents when I was eight. So really young, but like now looking back on it, I just like I have so much respect for them. And, you know, like looking at entrepreneurship, people say that's like one of the biggest risks that you can take. But I would say immigration is like um, up there, definitely above above entrepreneurship. So I want to jump into your startup and the evolution of it and all the different pivots that you took that brought you to where you are today, which is basically a community. So tell me a little bit about the start of your journey. Like what was the first iteration of Hello Iris and how did you like get it started? How did you get into tech stars and what was that early journey like? Yeah, so I guess I'll kick off the first part. So when Nilo and I met, like we said, we wanted to build a dating app and Nilo had already built out a good part of the tech, like pretty much the whole algorithm, everything with the matching, like the product was pretty much ready to launch. And when I came on on board, it was just to like, I don't know, kind of shape what the finished product would look like and how would it be packaged and who was it for and really like that early stage stuff. And so what we ended up creating was this AI matchmaker that worked over text message. And it would almost be like this friend who got to know you really well and who knew everybody else in the city and would just like text you introductions. It'd be a photo. It would be a few things about that other person, why Iris thought you'd be compatible. And pretty much it was set up so that you could get to an in-person date as quickly as possible. And the whole goal was like, we don't want you to be on an app. We don't want you to spend your time flipping through people. Literally, Irish will send you people. You're going to go meet them in person. You'll give us feedback on how good those matches are. And on our end, we'll learn about what compatibility means to you, who's compatible with you, and give you better and better matches. And so our whole goal was like, how can you build better relationships, not just by building a better dating app, but by fundamentally changing the way that you meet and connect with people. And so that's what got us into Techstars. And as we were going through that three month program, we really learned a lot of things. And one of those was like, okay, if our goal is to help people have better connections, on the surface, it seemed like the dating app was the best way to do that because people literally are looking for connections and they're going out of their way to find people who are a good fit for them. But we also realized like, maybe it was just part of our branding of saying that we're an AI matchmaker, but people really came in with this expectation that we would find the perfect person for them. On the first shot, they just meet this like ideal person and all their troubles would be over and their relationship would be perfect. And that wasn't at all what we were trying to sell or the idea that we wanted people to walk away with. And it really made us wonder like, is this, if this is what we're putting in people's heads, like, is that helpful? Is that solving our problem? And there were a few more challenges, like on the business side, there were a few questions. And I think the biggest thing that came out was like these personality insights that we were generating. People weren't super interested in finding out more about their matches, but they were very, very interested to find out those insights about themselves. And that's really what, I don't know, made us think like maybe a good relationship doesn't start with the other person. And maybe it's not about, you know, finding better and better matches, but maybe it's helping people understand themselves and what's actually important to them, what they should be looking for in another person, what they bring to their relationship, what would make them happy. And that way, even if we're not specifically providing them with matches, at least that can improve the quality of all their other relationships in their life. So that was kind of the first iteration of Hello Iris, the dating app. That's such an interesting insight that you got out of it. And it was almost like too techy. It kind of it reminds me of I don't know if either of you watched Black Mirror. Um, but there there was an episode, it was literally that it was like, like a whole episode around dating and how it like finds you your perfect match. And yeah, we got we got the Black Mirror reference a lot when we were building that. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, because I feel like it aired like at around the same time. At the same time. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. So what did the next iteration end up being? Pretty much we came to this point where we were like, okay, the technology that we have is really great at pulling out all these insights. And when we show them to people, these insights about themselves, they're super, super invested in learning more and it blows their minds. And we're having like a really great response to it. 
but what is kind of the next step for us? And so we were in this limbo for a little bit where we were like, okay, we have this technology, we have this test where we can just look at the way that someone types, like free form answers. It's not like a multiple choice question. You just literally write and we look at the words that you use and how you say things. And do we just make a test? And so we did. We were like, well, let's try. That's step one. Sure. And we got really good feedback on it. Again, people love the insights. But the thing that we kept hearing was, yeah, this is really great. It's like a three page report with this level of insight I've never seen before. But there's just nothing I can do with it. Like I read it once then I'm kind of done. And that's it. So we're like, okay, how can we put this into people's hands in a way that it can become a daily habit or it can become a part of their lives? It can give them information over time. And it can sort of build into this like self discovery habit. And so we ended up through like some testing, through some ideation, we ended up settling on personalized meditations for becoming your best self. And our idea around that was like, we would break up all the information that we had on people. They would take this test, we'd find their personality profile, and then we would give them a set of meditations that were very specific to them. So it was almost like if you imagine somebody who in conflict tends to like become really aggressive and take up all the space versus somebody who in conflict would retreat and stop talking and sort of you know, pull into themselves, we would give those people different meditations because they're having a very different experience of that conflict and sort of need to look at the situation and themselves in different ways in order to sort of break that pattern for themselves. And so we did this private beta for like three months. We had a couple of hundred people try it out and we were getting really good feedback. So we're like, okay, let's build an app. Like this is something we can put into people's hands. It's something that can change their perspective on, you know, whatever limiting beliefs that they have, whatever patterns that they keep seeing coming up in their lives. It's really something that can empower people. And then <laughs> one month before we were going to launch our guided meditation app, literally, what was it like December, November, December of 2020, we pretty much realized like, okay, our first goal was to help people have better relationships. And now we're trying to help people understand themselves better to have better relationships. But we're kind of running into this problem where, you know, COVID is going on. And what we're building is more technology where people are just going to sit by themselves in their rooms listening to like, you know, this meditation for 15, 20 minutes every single day. Is that really the best solution that people need? Like, do they need more time with themselves right now? Or is it something else? And so while we were starting to have these thoughts, Nilu had been running a group and had written something. And I'll let you take this part of the story, Nilu. Yeah, I guess as a side project or along the side of building the, building the company, I was thinking a lot about like relationships and friendships and romantic relationships and all these things and how kind of what we're going through with COVID impacts so much of that and how that even impacts kind of our general happiness and our well-being, mental health, all these kinds of things. And basically just around this idea of feeling helpless because of COVID and feeling like if you want to date, if you want to meet people, if you want to connect with friends, if you want to meet new people, anything like that, you're kind of just stuck. And it's sort of, well, I'm just kind of going to be in my house working and sleeping and just kind of doing the cycle and feeling like nothing else interesting is happening in my life. And I'm going to keep doing that until COVID ends, whenever that is. And I think for me personally, that was creating such a, I don't know, like a really depressing feeling of just like, yeah, that doesn't feel like there's any, not even just any excitement, but like, it doesn't feel like anything new is happening. I don't know when this is going to end. And it just felt like a really helpless situation to feel like, yeah, there's really nothing that you can do. And so I was just trying to think about around like, how can you continue to connect with people? How can you continue to have a vibrant social life and still feel like you're a person? Because I think our communities and our like social interactions make so much of how happy we feel on a day-to-day -day basis. And like it impacts the quality of our life so much. And so it felt like, yeah, basically until COVID ends, everyone's quality of life is like at 20% versus like the 80 or 90 that they normally operate at. And so I was basically thinking around like, how can we continue to connect with each other and like have a social life that serves us even while we're in this pandemic? And like, what does that social life look like? And so I kind of wrote this blog post about it a few months ago, I want to say around October, November. And at the end of the blog post, I just really offhand had like, you know, if anybody else is like dealing with these questions or thinking about these things or interested in talking about these topics and brainstorming, like I'm going to meet with people every Monday and we'll just kind of create a sort of support group if you're interested in that. And so I didn't really think much of it, but then we actually ended up having 11 people applying to join that. And it kind of started out very like, okay, yeah, I'm here. Like COVID is hard. How do you even meet people? How do you date people? I'm going on online dating. And it was just kind of people venting. And I think within the three month period, and like we kind of started it as like a challenge between us, we called it the COVID love challenge. And we said, we're going to try to meet 50 new people in the next three months. And so that was kind of our goal. And we were like, and I think the 
way that I planned around it was like, we're going to try to do this. And this is going to be our space to meet each other and hold our, hold each other accountable. And so that's kind of how it started out with like goals and like all these kinds of things. And within the kind of three months, it just transformed so much to the point where totally unexpected to me, I started to see these friendships form between people, these like deep relationships to couples came out of the whole experience. And like, just even seeing how the dynamic of the group shifted from this, oh, yeah, like, what can you do during COVID? And like, how can you like, make relationships better to changing to being about personal growth and development and just seeing how you if you gave the people the space to talk about their issues and like connect with each other that how they could take insight from that and how they could apply that to kind of what they're going through so like we had experiences of people somebody talking about like vulnerability and how important it is in a relationship to them and then somebody else being like oh man i've like hearing you talk, it makes me realize my own relationship with vulnerability is messed up. And that's something that I need to look at. And so it just transformed from this, how do I date in COVID? This like very, I don't know, like not surface, but just kind of very tangible problem to kind of much deeper things about like, how can I be a better person? How can I show up to my relationships more authentically? And and then also just seeing how much it transformed people just to be able to have those discussions with each other. And I don't know, like form deep friendships with like-minded people in a time when everyone felt isolated was just really, really powerful to witness. And I think that was one of those experiences where just watching this group unfold totally unexpected, I kind of saw like, wow, all the things we cared about solving, all the problems we were like, we wanted to help people date better. We wanted to help people understand themselves better and like grow and like give them a tool for personal development. And we were kind of thinking that this all had to do with the fact that people don't know how to do this. Like people don't know how to date. People don't know how to connect with each other. People don't know how to grow or like do inner work on themselves or whatever. And it's just like, no, people know how to do that. You don't need to give them a technological tool to do that. You just kind of need to create the space for them where they have the opportunity to do that. And I think that was just like such a mind blowing thing to witness. And it definitely threw us for a curveball because we're just, okay, so the past two years of everything we've been building <laughs> is not how to solve this problem. And apparently the way to solve this problem is to just put people in a group together and give them the space to connect with each other. And so, yeah, that was a really kind of both really exciting and beautiful experience to witness, but also kind of like shook the foundations of a lot of what we'd worked on. So we had to do a lot of soul searching or like a lot of like work to be like, okay, how do we want to move forward with this? Knowing that there isn't, there's a better and easier way to kind of answer the questions we want to answer. That's so funny. It's like all along community was the answer, which of course I love, but I can't even imagine how, I guess, like frustrating it probably was just like thinking that you spent like all those years trying to build this like perfect tech solution when all that was needed was really to just get people in a virtual room together and just let them connect. But I think everything that you were building leading up to it and just the timing and everything kind of set you up for it. And I don't think you could have just come up with with this idea from the start. Or, or could you have? <laughs> like, did one of you have an idea similar to this at the start? It's actually really funny because I want to say around a few weeks to a month when after Nina and I, Nina and I met and were working together, she kind of had literally the idea of what good people is now, where she was like, oh, it could be this experience where like people do activities together in groups and it like gives them the space and like you're not going in with the intent of dating and like it gives you the space to kind of I don't know, connect with each other and see each other over time and like let things develop naturally. And I think at that moment, I was just like, how is that a product though? Like, <laughs> And it was just kind of like, I just, I mean, I personally didn't have any, any kind of deep understanding of the value of how valuable community is. And I think a big part of that was that kind of immigrant background and experience of just literally never having communities, you know, feeling like, yep, it's just me and my family, we're a nuclear unit, and we just are there for each other. And like, there's other people individually that we interact with, but I really haven't been a part of any communities, communities haven't played a role in my life. And so it wasn't anything that I could understand viscerally, until kind of that COVID love challenge experience where I got to see with my own eyes, like how people are transforming, how relationships were forming, and just how much value having a space to be with other people who care about the same things you do and can support you has and like how much that adds to your life. So 
that was one of those things. And I think after I kind of told Nina about the COVID love challenge, I was like, this is kind of the idea you had in the beginning. It just took us two years to get here. That's so funny. Yeah, it just like came full circle. I don't think there was a way we could have started with that idea, though, because even for me, it wasn't let me tell you the dream and how this will scale. It was more like, oh, this is really cool. And I feel like I wish I could meet people this way. But I was also very much in this headset of like, it has to scale. It has to be tech based. It can't be tied to like our actual working hours. We have to be able to create something and like let it loose in the wild. And so I think even for me, I was like, well, this is a cool idea, but true. I have no idea how it's an actual thing. And so it was it like really took a lot of stripping back of different layers to be able to see how it could be feasible and what the value was. And I think another big thing that kind of helped us make this transition was really COVID and just kind of how COVID showed the importance of our relationships and the importance of our social lives and the importance of community. Whereas I think before COVID, I think all those things still mattered, but you kind of get caught up in the like day-to-day life or like the rat race of life. And you're just kind of like, oh, like whatever, I have some friends, I see them once in a while, it doesn't really, and you're just kind of doing the same, you're not really taking the space to be conscious of your relationships. And I think that was one of the things that COVID was where it's like, man, who are the people I really like to see? Who do I miss when I don't get to see anyone? And it's like 80% of your people you were friends with. It's like, "Mm, I'm kind of okay. (laughs) Never seeing these guys again. What does this say about our relationship? What does it say about the quality of my relationships? Right. Um, So I think everyone at least now is much more conscious of the value and importance of that in their lives. So I think now is just such a great time to be like, people understand the importance and value of community. So I think it feels like a better sell from our perspective too, where it's like, yeah, now you guys get it. And now we're bringing you the solution that you need, right? Yeah, it's so true. And like a, a lot of people are saying, and there's a lot of research out now saying that it's actually a pretty good time to be dating virtually or, or whatever it is that you can do, because people are a lot more clear on what they're looking for in a lot of ways, because they've had this time to sit with themselves and really just like strip away who they are as a person and you know what exactly they're looking for (laughs) am i wrong here that is interesting i think that makes a lot of sense but (laughs) gonna have to go do some field research (laughs) marcia we've had another episode on create community with the founder of jswipe david yaris and he shared yeah he shared some interesting insight like the activity on on their app kind of stayed like pretty stable but there's some really great stories you know coming out of people who who just like who've had like facetime dates and totally virtual and just like really took the time to get to know each other. And it seems like people are kind of being respectful with ghosting, sort of declining a little bit, but I don't know. You mentioned before that you kind of hesitated away from this idea of like bringing just like people together and like, how do you build a product around it and how do you make it scalable? How with like what you're doing now with good people, how are you sustaining this initiative and how are, uh, what are some ways that you're monetizing it and making it something that is a business? Yeah. So we're just doing this crazy unheard of thing. I, we just put a price tag on joining the community and the cohort and yeah, it's just literally there's a fee for joining the community. And then if you want to join one of our three month cohorts, you pretty much just pay for those three months. And so for us, it's like, yeah, we just one wanted to put a price tag on it, both for our time, because like it, it's literally we host all of these together, at least for the next month. And so we also plan all of it, et cetera, et cetera. And then also we just wanted it to be an intentional community where people feel like they're really buying in. And we we like that everybody who comes in, we really curate the community. So it was literally just like, yeah, it costs money and you join and then you get to be around all these people who have the same interests as you, the same curiosities, the same like, I don't know, drive to explore different parts of life. That's really cool. So you mentioned that you vet those people and that that you sort of moderate it. How do you sort of choose who gets to be part of the community? What are some qualities and things that you look for? So for us, like we do a call with everybody who wants to apply. And so for us, that call is one, just getting a sense of what that person is looking for from the community, because it is an investment to join. And so as much as we're checking like, hey, are you going to fit in with our community? It's also, are you going to find what you're looking for? Are you going to be happy here? Are you going to find your people? Or is it going to feel like I was really looking for something entirely different? And I feel like I wasted my time. I feel like I wasted my money because that's not at all what we want, both for that person and for the others in our community. And 
so what we look for on our end is really people who are curious, people who are open-minded, people who value connections with others and who think that they can learn a lot from other people's experiences. And just the sense of like really wanting to dive deep into things and grow and learn and just like always the sense of wanting to grow, I guess, is really important to us as well. And I think something else that both Nina and I kind of, I don't know, I don't want to say embody, but like it's like qualities that we kind of have or the kind of person that we are. And I think we kind of look for that in the community that, that we want to create too is multidimensionality. So like people who have multiple interests and kind of have multiple facets to themselves. Cause I feel like one of the challenges, at least with both of us, in terms of feeling like com- finding communities that we fit in is this idea of like, communities only being around one thing so it's like oh these are my work friends and we just talk about work and if I'm around my work like if this is my community then all I do is talk about work and be about work and be with these people but there's so many other things that I'm interested in or if I have like yoga friends and like all I do is talk about yoga with these guys and I think what's going on right now or like at least one of my personal challenges with like finding communities that I really felt like I fit into was feeling like I have seven different interests or X many different interests, but I kind of have to have separate friend groups for each of those things because my yoga friends don't ever want to read a book with me or like my book friends never want to watch a movie with me or this kind of a thing. So I think kind of speaking to what Nina was talking about around like being curious and open-minded and like wanting to try and experience different things speaks to that like multidimensional energy of like, yeah, I have multiple things in different fields that I'm interested in. And that even if something that that I don't know about, I'm curious to try. And I think that's just been one of the, I don't know, qualities that's bonded me and Nina with each other. And like, whenever we see that in other people too, it just like makes us feel really alive. And it's like, yeah, this is the kind of community that we've been craving and that we haven't been able to find anywhere else. And that's the thing that we also look for is just when we have a conversation with someone, do we leave it feeling like, man, I really had to struggle for things to say. It felt like we couldn't connect. I feel like I'm drained from kind of trying to keep this conversation going. Or do we walk away from it feeling like, oh, I feel really energized. I just, I want to listen to more of what this person has to say. I want to know how they think about these things. I want to spend more time with them. And it's just like such a, I don't know, like it's not a checklist necessarily. It's just like, did we feel it? Did we not? Are we uncertain? And also going with that as well. I love that. That's so awesome. This is like exactly the types of people that I would want to meet as well and the type of community that I'd want to be part of. So that's incredible. Are there any really like magical or amazing stories that jump to mind of connections that have have been made already? Have there been any? Well, there were two couples that came out of the COVID group. So I feel like that was <laughs> that was really, really interesting. I feel like two months in the group, we were just hearing like random stories of like, oh yeah, these people met in real life. And then like two weeks later, you're seeing that they're dating and stuff like that. And that was very sweet. Like nothing extraordinary in terms of like anything that happened, but it was just like a very kind of sweet thing to kind of see in that group. Yeah. And I think for me and the groups that I ran, it's It's just been cool to see, like, we wrapped up one of the groups uh, two or three months ago, and we still have the occasional, like, once a month catch up just to see how everyone's doing. And it's really cool to see that, like, people still show up. We still have these levels of conversations where it's not just like, how is the weather where you are? Hmm, good, good. But like we stay for literally hours just talking and catching up with each other. And it feels like, yeah, maybe these aren't people I see every single day or stay in touch with every single week anymore. But they're people that when I see them, we can just like connect like no time has passed. Just to speak to what Nina's saying too, like one of the things that's been really interesting to see as these groups kind of wrap up is I think with a lot of at least groups that I've been a part of, um, whether it's been on like film sets or whether it's been like, you know, our cohort and tech stars or whatever it is where it's like you're around a group of people for a certain amount of time. I think the belief and like what usually happens is that you've become really close during that time. But once the group ends or once the activity ends or once whatever it is ends and you kind of go your separate ways, those connections just start to kind of drift apart. And it's like outside of that context, we don't really keep in touch. And these aren't really people that I have in my life long term. And so what's been really interesting to see with the communities we've run is even as we kind of when it starts and we're running it and it's like me and Nina are facilitating these things and like you you have a high level of facilitation just to make sure everyone's connecting and you're taking on that role. And what was really interesting for me was to see how as the months progressed from like month one to month two to month three, how my role as a facilitator became lighter and lighter and lighter to the point where by the end, it just felt like we're a group of 10 friends and everyone has their own role 
role and I can see other people stepping up and like making the community their own, taking leadership, planning events, doing things, making a WhatsApp group, doing all these things where it's like, it's not on me to do those things and make sure people keep talking. People are just stepping up and like making this community their own and doing those things. And I think what was really, really cool was to also see like after the group has ended, people are still making plans to hang out. They're still making plans to see each other. They're still talking to each other every day. And so just this sense that there is some longevity and there's some element of like, because these people are really like-minded and they're kind of going through similar things. It's like, yeah, I can actually see myself being friends with you in a real way in my life. And it's not just because, okay, yeah, we shared this experience together and we were bonded in some way, but our lives are so different and divergent that there's really nothing for us to connect with outside of that. That's the true mark of a community, I think, is when like people are connected on their own and really taking that initiative and kind of like carrying your mission forward just like naturally without you having to facilitate every single thing. Is there anything that jumps out to you like at the beginning, like when you first started it? Is there anything you think you did that kind of set it up for success, like any specific tips or? I think for me, the thing that I always think of is whenever I'm starting a group, I guess there's two things that I kind of lean on really heavily. And one is being explicit as in like explicitly verbalizing my expectation sounds like a very harsh way to put it, but more like, hey, everyone, this is what we're all here for. This is what I want to bring to the group. This is what I hope we get out of it. This is, I'd love to hear what you hope to get out of it. And just really putting words to that instead of just jumping immediately in and, you know, diving into whatever the topic is. So almost like getting everybody to, or sharing like a shared vision, communicating a shared vision that we can all buy into. So it feels like we're all already uniting on this. And then the second thing is this idea of, giving the thing that you want to get. And so for me, it's like, I really want this to be an open, warm, supportive group. And so going into it, I just want to be the one to set that example and be as warm as I can and be as open as I can so that people see almost like, oh, this is the norm in this group. This is how we are with each other. This is, it's not weird to do that. It's kind of just how we are. And so I'd say those are the two things that I find have made a like a strong impact on how the group kicks off and kind of set the tone for the rest of the time that we're together. I think for me too, something in addition to that that comes to mind is like the idea of ownership and kind of making people feel like it's their community. Because I think a lot of times when you join a community, it feels like this is the person who's running it. We are all the like whatever students who are here. And it, and it just creates this sense of like, it's not mine. And I think I felt that a lot in a lot of communities that I've been a part of. So one of the things I try to facilitate in my communities is just creating the sense of like, not that I'm there to kind of tell you what's going on or like set the structure, but just really getting to to this place of like, we're just friends hanging out and like, even as creating the sense of collaboration, even as we try to figure out like, what is this community? What is the structure of it? How do we want things to go? How do we want our meetings to be? And just even creating that sense of like, I don't know, people stepping up and they deciding how they want the community to be. And then I feel like what that has created is like people who are more invested in the community and how it goes, because it feels like it's theirs and it feels like their needs are taken into account and not even just taken into account, like somebody else listened to it and like applied it, but just like that they get to actually be active in like um, shaping the community in a way that's meaningful to them. And I found that that's been really helpful in the groups as well. I love that. So I want to get some of your advice for listeners. And something that I really admire about both of you and just find really inspiring is the way that you put out content and really share like the day to day of your journey of building your startup and all the pivots, the glamorous parts, but also the really difficult parts and the failures that you've encountered along the way. Can you share a little bit about how like both of you started your LinkedIn series and what it is? And just like, I feel like it's probably led to so many awesome community connections. So I I really want to get people inspired to maybe do something similar. Yeah. So our daily posts were like one of my favorite things that we did. And it started back when we were building our dating app. And so our thinking around it was like, okay, we want to create this community where people like at least the way that we felt about Hinge and Tinder and everything was like, I just I don't feel very open. I don't feel like I'm really connecting with people. I don't feel like I'm seeing them for who they are. I just feel kind of closed off. And for me, like quite aggressive. And so we were thinking around like, how can you make people feel open to each other, even though they've never met, even though they don't know who the other person is, even though it's like one out of 50 other people on your list? How do you foster that connection? And for us, it was like, well, we can't just expect people to give that to us without showing that ourselves. And so this kind of ties back into the into the like, give what you want to get idea where we were like, okay, well, what if we're the first ones to take that step? And we share the journey of what it's like to build a startup and not just the like 
sanitize like oh it was so hard and we couldn't but then it was fine and we raised a million dollars and we made a a hire who was even better than the hire that fell through where it like all comes together we wanted to share the parts that were like no this was a very dark time and really there's no resolution it just kind of passed and luckily we're in a different time now or like we're having fights with each other or you know this grant fell through and we can no longer make this hire and we just have to figure out another way to approach this problem and so it started just with that idea. But I think it was really, really motivating to us to see how many people reached out and were like, you know what, this means a lot to me to see that this is your experience, that, you know, it's not just easy and perfect and polished to be a startup founder, that, you know, it makes me feel like I can do it and that it's something that I can try for myself when I didn't feel that way before. And I think just seeing how it gave other people access to kind of the more human side of building a startup, the less glamorous, the less like polished version was super, super inspiring. And it, I think it's what kept us going for like two years of those updates. That's amazing. Yeah, I found them so inspiring. And I, I just like found them so complimentary to what I was building at the time with Fuck Up Nights, really just like getting people to open up about just like their full story of whatever it is that they're building or working on and, you know, sharing those dark times that we normally don't share on social media. So I, I thought it was so cool just like seeing those posts every day. And like, I felt like I could relate to so many of them with what I was building. So it's, yeah, like, I really wish that more people would do that. Um, I just think it's so cool. I think one of the challenges is, you know, when you just kind of see wins on social media or like failures with a resolution on social media, it just feels like it kind of makes it not okay for you to be in that space of things are shitty right now. And I don't know when and how they're going to get better or if they are. And I feel like that's something that's such a part of everybody's life. But you don't feel like that, that you don't feel like that's an okay place for you to be. And it's like, oh, I need to know how this is going to resolve, or I can only post about this once I've made my big break. And then the failure makes sense. And it then I can share it, you know? And I think that was one of the things we wanted to kind of, I don't know, like show representation of is like, yeah, sometimes things suck and there is no answer. And that is life sometimes. And it's okay if you're in that place too, because so are we. And we definitely did have times where we were like, oh man, like if we're trying to raise money, and you're looking at 10 startups in our space or that you're considering investing in, and nine out of 10 are saying like, we just closed this client, we're growing 30% week over week, we just got this sponsor, you know, whatever, whatever. And then you have one company that's like, things are dark and my co-founder and I had a yelling match publicly just one day ago. Like, you know, who would you invest in and who would you be more open to talking to? And so for us, it was like, oh man, I feel like definitely a lot of wins. Like we met so many cool people through that. We had people who helped us solve problems. We had people who had made connections for us. Like we really benefited so much from those daily posts, but we also felt like there's definitely a risk to it as well. It's not just all we do is win, win, win with these daily posts. Honestly, I feel like vulnerability is in. And I mean, obviously I'm biased with the community that I'm building, but I think in terms of like investors and people really being sold on your idea, they want to see that grit as an entrepreneur. And I think you really showed that, like you were showing the day to day and like some days you had really big wins and then other times it was it was dark. And I think any entrepreneur could relate to that and any community builder can relate to that as well. So yeah, I really like applaud you for doing that for as long as you did. And I just think it's so cool. Thank you. Yeah. So I want to jump into your personal communities. I think it's really fascinating how people who build communities for a living navigate their personal communities outside of work. So let's start with Nilu for this one. Are there any communities that you're part of that are really meaningful to you and why? Man, I feel like my, sounds so lame, but it's like, yeah, like my sun and my stars and my moon is just like Nina. (laughs) (laughs) I just definitely would say that, like I said, before kind of meeting Nina and just like before our friendship, I really would consider myself as somebody who didn't really have a lot of communities, didn't really have any close connections with anyone outside of my family. And I think that was part of that kind of immigrant story where it felt like we are just the four people who are in this, I don't know, like strange land and all we really can trust or rely on is each other. And I think for me, all of my other relationships weren't at all that deep or I didn't really have any communities that I could rely on. And I think because of that, I never even explored that because I just didn't think that it was the answer to how I was feeling. I just felt like this is life. Like when you meet people, you don't have deep connections with them. And like everyone's out for themselves. And like, this is just how life is. And that was just kind of how I felt. And like being friends with Nina and kind of seeing how she operates and like, just, I don't know, like how 
And I don't want to say naturally because I know she works at it and it's something that she's cultivated and like really does work on and cares about a lot, but it really does seem effortless from the outside where it's like, you're just so there for people. You're such a connector of people. You bring people together. And I think it was just honestly, like she was kind of my gateway into seeing, wow, like there's so much to be said about like how you can connect with people and how you can have communities. So I think all of the communities that have come out of that, whether that's like the community we built together at Techstars, whether it's all the different people that we met, whether now we do like ladies nights every month with like women that we meet who we think are like amazing and that we want to get to know better and we just kind of bring everybody together so all of these communities that now feel super meaningful to me are there because of friendship with Nina so I feel like I can't (laughs) I can't take any credit for any of that and I think one of the things that was really funny is like when we kind of connected on LinkedIn back in the day like when we just met I think we had like zero or one connections and then as we kind of just kept being together and like building this company and meeting people it became almost like we had one connection for every day that we've been friends and now we're at like 700 mutual connections (laughs) and that ratio has like kept like every day of us being friends and knowing each other we've met like one new person together and like uh yeah and I feel like that's just pretty much indicative of like what my social life has been like this past two years (laughs) I love that that's so sweet it's like you just like you you co-created your communities together Nina what about you yeah my answer is honestly like very much along the same line where I think for most of my 20s, I really just jumped into my career. Like I had another startup before this and it was all about like, how can I make this work? I just want to work night and day on this. And literally the only time I'm spending is on my company. And it just felt like, I don't know, I've never made friends that felt like hugely, hugely closely connected where it was like, I want to see the world with you. I want to go to a cottage with you. I want to chill out and have a wine night with you. It was more like, yeah, I have people who I spend time with and who I see regularly and I'm happy to catch up with them, but it's just like not super, super deep or meaningful. And so work kind of filled that space for me. And I feel like, yeah, it wasn't until I met Nilu that I was like, oh, oh, if there's one friend like this, could there be more out there, more friends to make who also think the same way and who kind of show up to the same degree and are interested in as many things and want to try as hard as I do. And so I think for me, like, yeah, community hasn't really been a thing. It was one of those things where I was like, I understand that's a word and I understand people talk about them. I'm just not sure exactly why they're useful or what they mean. So I'm just going to kind of leave that aside and just keep doing my work thing. And, you know, I have my boyfriend who who I was seeing at the time. And okay, I guess this is just kind of what life is like for me. So, yeah, I would really like echo everything that Nilu said, where seeing that this kind of level of friendship can exist. That's what really makes us want to create good people as well and create that sense for other people and a space where, yeah, more people who think like us can connect to and who are looking for the same thing. I think that's exactly it. Like part of, I think when we, Nina and I first met and I remember just like looking through her Instagram for the first time and just literally thinking like, holy shit, this is another person who's like me, who thinks like me, who has the same questions. And it just was this idea of like, I have never seen anybody else like that. I've never seen anybody else who, you know, cares about the same things or ask the same kinds of questions or has the same kind of ambitions and curiosities. And that was one of the challenges too, where it's like, you are a kind of person and you don't really meet other people who are like yourself. And you kind of think like, yeah, I guess that's it. I'm, I just have all these other weird things about me that people don't really know or understand. And that's just it. And this is just how you have relationships. And I think meeting each other and seeing like, okay, no, there's other people like us really was kind of the impetus of like, okay, I, I bet all there's, there's other people like us who are out there and who think that they're the only ones like themselves and that there's nobody else like them that they can't have deep and fulfilling relationships and we want to be the place for them to be like no there are people like you and this is where they live come hang out with us I love that yeah it's like you're saying there's good people out there and like hopefully people leave listening to this really inspired that you know you you shouldn't settle for friends that are just acquaintances there's really like a deeper friendship and a deeper community that you can find and you just you really have to put yourself out there and take that step and you know it's going to be uncomfortable at first but once you meet those people, you're going to you're going to feel like home. So my last question for you is, and I ask this of everybody on the podcast, and let's kick it off with Nilu again. What does the word community mean to you? I think the word community for me means place where there are other people like you and not just kind of like around a demographic or anything like that, but just around 
kind of values and kind of how they see the world and the kind of person they are and the things that's important to them. And I think alongside of that, a sense of trust and support. So I feel like my biggest example of like a functional and like good community is like a lot of like religious communities that you see where it's like, yeah, this is my pool of people. I trust that anybody who's here has the same values, believes in the same things, has the same morals. And so because of that, I can trust you and I can kind of interact with you. And I know that whoever I choose out of this pile to be friends with or to have relationship with or whatever, it's like somebody who is a good match for me. And I think just also the sense of like, because we're all a part of this community, we're all there to support each other. We're all there to, whether some one of us is having a tough time or whatever, this is a communal thing that we're all, we're all going to be there for each other. So I think for me, that sense of like trust and support and like knowing that you're in a place with other people who understand you and are like you, that's probably what community means to me. I love that. That's such a great definition. Nina, what about you? Ooh, I really, really like that too. I think the other dimension that I was thinking on as Nina was talking was, I don't know this idea that your community is there for you for like all the in-between moments if that makes sense where it's not just like you come over when i invite you and you come over for my birthday and we celebrate new year's and like all these things that you're you kind of have a reason for like yeah we get together because it's that time of the year that we do that or there's an occasion whatever it is but it's like no i just want to see you and have some tea together and just hear what's been going on with you and cool, I'm happy to hear you're doing good. I'll see you in a few days or whatever it is where it's like, there's no reason needed for you to get together, but just enjoying each other's company and feeling like you add to each other's life. And I'd say that for me is a like an interesting and super meaningful part of community. And it's so interesting, Nina, because I think as you're mentioning that, I'm remembering one of the conversations me and Nina had was around like, again, our parents and kind of this emigrating from a different country. And like one of the things both my parents said about Iran and Nina's parents said about Bulgaria is this idea of people just dropping by. So it's like, oh, so-and-so just dropped by my house unannounced and we just had tea together. And I think that's just not something that happens here. It's never an idea. Like I've never in my life had an experience where a friend or anybody just unexpectedly showed up at my door and was like, hey, I was in the neighborhood and I brought you food or like, hey, I'm going to come in here and let's have tea together. And I think that was something really interesting when we both brought it up where it was like, oh yeah, that was some element of a larger community that all again trusts each other and is there for each other even in those in-between moments to be like yeah I was just passing by and I thought it was cool to drop by so I did let's have tea like I I think that's just so beautiful and like something that's really been missing at least in the way that we've grown up yeah I can totally relate to that too I've actually I feel like I've like had the same thought because like I I I lived in Ukraine until I was eight and like very similar culture to that like you you knew your neighbors you'd be friends with like people who who were kind of around you like some of my parents best friends friends who actually also immigrated to Canada at the same time are just like people that lived in the same building and you know they their daughter is the exact same age as me and we, they kind of bonded over that and yeah they would just like drop by and I also spent some time living in Tel Aviv and like same thing like people just kind of live more in the moment and people are more spontaneous and just kind of like don't overthink it you know like yeah, I feel like it, it's like a very North American thing to kind of really just like plan things out like and you end up never even seeing your friends because it's like you're, everybody's calendars are so busy. So I don't know, maybe that will be something that could change. And I think it's interesting because it's it's almost like the culture creates that level of dynamic between people where it's like, okay, if the culture in North America isn't that people drop in on each other, then anybody who drops in on someone is like, what are you doing? Like, I feel that way around, like, even with phone calls, oh, man, somebody just called me before without texting me first. That's so crazy. It's almost like this, like the culture has conditioned you to find certain things like, oh, this isn't okay. And this is okay, right? Yeah, it's a little bit sad. Hopefully something that, you know, we can we can start to consciously change, at least like in, in our communities and then our day to day lives. Awesome. Well, it was so great chatting with both of you. Thank you so much for taking the time. And I'm so excited to watch as your community evolves and as you grow good people. Thank you so much for having us, Marsha. This is awesome. Yeah, thank you for having us tonight. It was really, really fun to talk about, I mean, something that we all just care so much about in the sense of building community, building relationships. So thank you for having us. I had such a great time chatting with Nilu and Nina, and I hope you felt inspired by the conversation. You can learn more about good people and connect with Nilu and Nina at wearegoodpeople.co. Thanks for tuning in to Create Community, a podcast where I chat with incredible community builders to define what community truly means. 
You can check out the series on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you normally listen. Please remember to subscribe and leave us a rating and review. I'd really love to hear your feedback. You can also follow us on Instagram at createcommunitypod or check out our website at createcommunitypod.com for updates. Once again, I'm Marsha Drucker, your host, signing off. A huge thank you to Origins Media House for producing this series. You can find them at originsmediahouse.com, where house is spelled H-A-U-S, or on LinkedIn and Instagram at Origins Media House and Twitter at Origins Media.